Alright, so 2 Timothy chapter 2. Uh, we'll read the text and, and break into it. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And just by way of review, of course, we're working down from the uh, perspective that a good son is the, is the foundation of all of these things. And then uh, there's all these other identities that are analogous to our walk with the Lord. And so uh, from that we become good stewards, good soldiers, good athletes, good husband and farmer, which we've looked at, and we're now we're on a teacher. So verse 11, uh, the Bible says, And it, it is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, uh, we uh, shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat at thus a canker, of whom is Hymenius and Belitus. So uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the uh, song service that Ron led us through both this morning and this evening. Pray a blessing on the reading and the hearing of your word as we continue to study uh, this subject of being a good teacher. Okay, so last week we uh, saw the understanding of a faithful teacher. Uh, We looked at point A, a faithful teacher remembers biblical instructions, and we saw that in verses 8 through 10. Um, in Second Timothy chapter two, uh, verses eight through ten, which we just read through. Um, oh, I'm in the wrong. T- I'm like, what? There we go. Uh, Remember that Jesus of the, is of the seed of David, was raised from the dead, according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds. But the word of God is not bound. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sakes, that they may uh, also obtain salvation, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Now, the, I didn't take a lot of time on that, but the elect's sakes uh, is dealing uh, also with Israel, and uh, and they are he wants them to get saved. That's what the subject of Romans chapter 10 uh, actually starts as the one we go to to talk about salvation for us which it is for us uh, he starts off talking about his heart's desire and prayer for Israel is that they might be saved and uh, and so they are God's elect uh, nation but they're on hold until Romans chapter 11 and the fullness of the Gentiles uh, become in okay so remember the resurrection that was uh, the second point there number one if you're kind of catching up uh, we talked about uh, the resurrection is what Paul is focused on because it's clear in the text that this spiritual conflict uh, that some in the body of Christ have, be- because of the spiritual conflict, some have become casualties of the false doctrine propagated by Hymenus and Philetus, Philetus uh, who say the resurrection is past, which is the subject matter that we talked about last week. So we got to point two, and we talked about remembering the price of preaching. Uh, the power of the resurrection. So in verse 9, uh, Paul says, I suffer trouble as an evildoer. And uh, there was a price to be paid. And then we saw that we need to remember the power of God's word in verse 9. Uh, and and uh, and so we, we talked about that. Point 4 is remember the prize, right? The power and the prize promised to those who are partakers of the resurrection, uh, which brought us down through verse 10. And now we pick it up in verse 11. Uh, where he says, It is a faithful saying, For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. So point B, a faithful teacher repeats 
biblical instruction. So Paul gives Timothy the command to repeat the words found in verses 11 through 13, which some believe uh, to be a hymn or a, a poem. Uh, contemporary to that time. So let's just look at that afresh. He says, It is a faithful saying, For if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will he uh, also will deny us. If we believe not, yet uh, he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. So this is a faithful saying because it lines up with the word of God. It's a faithful saying, if, for if we be dead with him, we, we suffer, we uh, shall also, I'm sorry, we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, uh, we shall also reign with him. So it's one thing to live with him, it's another thing to reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. So this refrain sounds a lot like what we find in Romans 6, uh, 6 through 14. Uh, and I don't have that in your notes, so you'll have to actually turn back there old school and uh, look at Romans 6. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 6, it says, Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, for he that is dead is freed from sin. Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Uh, knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, dieth no more, uh, death hath no more dominion over him. For in that he died, he died unto sin once, but in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. So his death was one time on the cross, according to Hebrews as well, uh, but yet he is alive forevermore. He's eternal. Likewise, verse 11, Reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let, uh, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin, that we are not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are, to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that, he, that ye were servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine, that teaching, which was delivered you. Alright, so... Um, Every good teacher knows that repetition is the price of learning. So you cannot repeat what you have not remembered yourself. And so we apply the principle of context to 2 Timothy 2.10 and observe what is before and behind the passage. And it's clear Paul is speaking to the need to endure all things for the hope of the resurrection. Because in verse 10, that's what he says, I there, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sakes, um, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with with eternal glory. So he counted the cost and it was worth it for him. He was It was a principle uh, that he was applying uh, himself. So uh, and so he he uh, he he reminds them this will get you through, teacher. Um, you know, make sure that uh, you press on in the faith. So point C: a faithful teacher reminds faithful men. A, faith, a faith, faithful teacher reminds, point C, faithful men. So he gets down here to verse 14. He says, Of these things put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord, that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. 
Um, it's a strange word there, subverting. And so, before I jump to verse 15, let's just kind of let's kind of hang on the rim here. So, we're, we are to charge the saints not to strive about words to no profit. Uh, and so, we're, we are not to allow ourselves to be drawn into debates and arguments over words that have no profit to the hearers. An example is uh, is superfluous. Uh, what the Pope says uh, about who a Christian is, for instance. The doctrine of Rome is irrelevant. We're not going to argue over those doctrines here. I could care less. So we're going to just stick with the Bible. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, what the Roman Catholic Church teaches because it's not biblical. If it's biblical, then I'll listen to it. Right. So there's no sense in arguing about things that, that have no uh, merit. Um, it doesn't matter what the Mormons believe about uh, you know uh, Joseph Smith and the tablets because that's not Scripture. Right. So... Uh, so we also don't want to uh, build a wall uh, or, or build a bridge. Uh, that's not going to make us a Christian. Um, and uh, the Pope, for instance, is the furthest person away from determining who is saved and who is not. And it makes no sense to give time to him. Uh, we, there's no sense in giving him the opportunity. So don't get caught up in who says uh, who is saved and who is not saved. Uh, it's not even worth debating, right? So focus on the Scripture. Uh, sometimes you'll hear people say he or she's going to hell. Well, you really don't know that. And if they're not, if they're not God, I wouldn't count on them. God's the one that'll determine that if they're born again or not. That's who's going to set that straight. The issue is, have they trusted the gospel? So the subverting of the hearers is not what the, is not uh, what the faithful teachers. Sh- uh, <clears throat> the subverting of uh, the hearers is not what the, the faithful teachers should be doing. Uh, we convert, not subvert. Now, you say, well, wait a minute. It says subverting of the hearers, so let's talk about that. So converting is setting them on the concrete of truth, the foundation of Christ, uh, that we, and we build upon Christ. Subverting is undermining the faith, of, uh, the faith in Christ and destroying confidence in the hope of the gospel and the resurrection that, that's promised in the gospel. Paul will, will use a wrestling term in verse 18 as he says, Hymenius and Philetus have overthrown the faith of some. So like a wrestler uh, you know, uh, gets under someone and throws them, false teachers undermine the truth of Scripture through superfluous arguments about words at, the, at length are meaningless. And so here he's saying uh, that's what these guys are doing. So let's back up and look at this again. Of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them, right? You're building them uh, before the Lord, that they strive not about words to no profit, uh, but to the subverting of the hearers. Uh, he's not saying, and, and so you want to subvert them. He, that's, an under, that's an overthrow. That's what, they, that's what Hymenaeus and Philetus are doing down in verse 18. They are overthrowing the faith of some. He says, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. So they're not building, they're tearing down. So point, uh, so point seven, diligence of a faithful student is what we see in verse 15. So here's what a faithful student is to do. Uh, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly divine the word of truth. But, but shun profane, profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And uh, it goes on to say in verse 17, And their word will eat at the canker, of whom, is, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. So every good teacher uh, rem- <coughs> remains a good student. We never arrive, but we are always learning and growing. In the case of uh, of the saint 
study is not only good for the soul, but for the souls of those who hear us. So point A, a, a diligent student shows himself approved unto God, verse 15. So point one is he must have right motives, right motives. So he shows himself approved unto God and he must have right motives. And so a diligent student shows himself approved to God and he must have right motives. So he, he does the work of studying because he wants to be right before God. He is, uh, he's do, not doing it because he wants to impress his friends or his pastor or his peers. He does it because he understands God is concerned about his studies. Um, and so, you know what? If you're a parent, you care about your children's studies, right? Uh, not just their grades. It's one thing to get a good grade. It's another thing to learn something. And so God wants us to study to show ourselves approved unto God, not just pass a test. Uh, the test of, that we pass is the test of life. So point two, he must have uh, the right effort. The right effort. We are to be workmen, and there is an effort required to study God's Word. We're not talking about a casual read, but an in-depth search of Scripture. So if you're going to dig for hid treasures, uh, you're going to have to take uh, some instruments with you. So uh, you're going to have to take light, uh, um, a light and, and uh, shine it upon the gold, silver, and precious stones. You're going to have to bring it out, examine it, and see it reflect the, the light of the sun. You're going to have to get in the Word and dig it out. It's not a Google search or reading a commentary of what someone else has dug out. The search party is you and the Holy Ghost. And so that's what we do. Uh, and we use the principles of Bible study that we've learned in the local New Testament church. And those are the most precious things that you're going to find when you study to show yourself approved unto God. And that's not saying you can't use other people's works and studies and learn some things. But you've got to definitely know how to mine the Word yourself. And there's a reason that, that uh, here at HBF that our HBI process is so rigorous. We want to ensure that our students are able to do the work required uh, to be a good Bible student, right? Uh, is it rigorous? Yeah, Jamie says it's rigorous. So he must uh, have the right divisions, right? And so the antithesis of rightly dividing the word is wrongly dividing the word, which happens to be what we're talking about on Tuesday nights right now is the divisions of the Bible, the dispensations. So having an understanding of how God dispenses his grace through time is paramount in rightly applying the word of God. So mark it down. If you don't understand how to rightly divide the word, you will not know how to rightly apply the word. And so if we don't know how to rightly divide the word, we won't rightly apply the word. All right, so point B. A diligent student, what do they do? Three was divisions. Three was divisions, yep. Which is another, that's how we do dispensations. We rightly divide the word of God. That's how we understand how the Bible is, how grace is dispensed differently over time. Three is divisions. Point B is a diligent student shuns profane and vain babbling. So back into verse 16 through 18. And so uh, we've already read that. But in verse 16, just backing up there, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Uh, So that tells you that ungodliness is connected to vain babbling. A good student dismisses false doctrine and doesn't entertain it. Uh, Make no mistake, um, for instance, uh, Francis Chan is making a big mistake. Right, he's made a big left turn. Right, there was a time he was a Southern Baptist guy preaching in you know Baptistic churches. Of course, not a King James guy, but that's neither here nor there. Next thing you know, he starts hanging out with IHOP. The next thing you know, he's sitting down with um, Hank Hanegraaff and um, K.P. Johanan, 
talking about the merits of the Eucharist and uh, and uh, and the Roman Catholic traditions uh, of the Eucharist and how you know I just had it all wrong. Now I, I need to understand this mystical union that occurs uh, with the with the Eucharist. And of course, I'm like, oh man, dude, you've you've gone the wrong way. <clears throat> you need to. Re- those are things you need to resist. Uh, those those are that'll just increase to more ungodliness. He swerved. He definitely swerved, didn't he? Uh, so, so we should not hold hands with false doctrine like that. We have to shun it, which I know today is not popular. But you know, there's times you just got to say, "Nope, we're not going there." That is false teaching, false doctrine, and you can't just hold hands and sing "Kumbaya." It's not going to work. That's from the that's from the pit of hell. I mean, that's holding hands with the devil. So that doesn't mean we have to be uh, hateful. By the way, uh, we just need to be clear. That's an error. And uh, is not biblical or sound. So when we allow extra biblical revelation to be equated to scripture, it's wrong, right? It's just like unhitching from the Old Testament. You know, um, it's wrong. I don't care who says it. I don't care what their daddy, who their daddy was. When it's wrong, it's wrong. And so, um, and so he shuns vain babblings because the, uh, they breed spiritual disease. In verse seventeen, uh, and their word will eat at the canker of whom is Hymenius and Philetus. And so uh, Paul says their word eats like a canker. Uh, Thayer's Greek Dictionary describes cancer like this. A gangrene disease. Did I put that in your notes? Okay. A, gang, a gangrene disease, disease by which any part of the body suffering from inflammation becomes so corrupted that unless a remedy uh, be uh, seasonably applied, the evil continually spreads, attacks other parts, and at last eats away the bones. Man, that's a pretty good definition of cancer. Um, And so uh, you don't want to be identified with doctrine that is rotten to the bone as Hymenaeus and Philetus, right? Uh, We could name the names this morning or this evening, I should say, but there are so many vain babblers in the world today uh, that I don't even have time to list them all. I think I made mention in this meeting, uh, in this particular Sunday night meeting, of how... um, uh, Code Blaze did a magnificent job at the Certainty Conference of putting false quotes up on the screen, uh, and and everybody was ooing and awing about how bad they were, except the you know 25 and under crowd, because they sounded good if you weren't rooted and grounded in doctrine. So there's all this false teaching out there, and unless you know the Bible and invest in it, uh, his point was well made. The younger generation does not have the discernment. Because they haven't been in the Bible. They've been in church and they've been in spiritual conversations. And all these were different leaders from Kenneth Copeland to, you know, different ones. And it was quite a quite a good uh, illustration as you could literally visibly hear the, ooh, ah, yuck, you know. And yet, no movement in the younger crowd. Because they didn't know if that was right or wrong. Very telling. Why? There's some out there that want to overthrow the faith. Of, of some, and so, um, <clears throat> uh, so this the, the this is why students studies studies the real thing, so we can spot a counterfeit. And of course, since 1900, the the devil's been producing uh, another narrative, uh, another critical text line of Bibles that undermines the deity of Christ and several other doctrines. So it's getting harder and harder to even get the real McCoy, which is what we have in the authorized Bible. When I, uh, you know, when I was a young man, I sat at the feet of a guy named Fred Price um, every every day. I would sit in, I'm in I'm in the basement in our house in our rec room where our television was. Man, I got Fred Price on and I got my Bible open and he. He's teaching on Ephesians chapter 6. 
And he would get up and we walk by faith, not by sight. And uh, man, I just, I couldn't get enough of that. And I was just going through that whole armor of God. And you know what? I'll be honest, God was blessing it in my life because that's where I was at. And I needed to have the whole armor of God on. And frankly, that sermon series, that part of it wasn't bad, at least what at the time, what I understood. But as soon as he got off of that sermon series, immediately I was like, that don't sound biblical. And so you know what I did? I shunned Fred Price. I was like, X and A that dude. I'm not going to spend any more of my life listening to Fred Price because it became abundantly obvious he was just a prosperity preacher. Uh, and so uh, I was not going to sit around and, uh, and listen to that because that kind of teaching will overthrow the faith of some. So what we got to shun vain babblings because they overthrow the faith of some. And that's what Paul's getting to. Uh, that's what subverting the hearers does. Uh, it's not. It's not building them up. It's overthrowing their faith, and we don't want to do that. Yes, Ron. I had a couple of instances where I've had some of these, uh, uh, you know, charismatic kind of faith healer. Not, not, you know, not, not anybody like from the pulpit or anything, but just people, you know, just ordinary everyday people, come and try to lay hands on me and. And want me to be, you know. Oh, give you your sight, like give me my sight. Yeah. yeah. And you know, if I if I didn't if I didn't know that they were full of it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might. There are people like that who had their faith overthrown by, you know, these guys who just, you know, they'll straight up tell them, "You don't have enough faith yeah. to be healed." And uh, one guy told me I was out of the will of God because I was blind. Oh, that is terrible. Well, that guy, we're going to shun him yeah. because that's not that's not biblical. Yeah, that's terrible. The bad thing was... He was, was it you or your mother who sinned? <laughs> the bad thing was he was floating around in this building. So. Really? Yeah, only for a day. Oh, okay. I haven't seen him since. Yeah, good. Yeah. Well, either you learn or you don't. And so if you don't, you might as well float. So... So, uh, so point three, and we'll be done. He that he that he shuns vain babblings because they overthrow the faith of some. So, uh, verse eighteen is very clear. Who concerning the faith have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. So, uh, it's close. It's it's getting. Uh, we're getting closer to this as we're getting into Second Timothy, and we're getting closer to the, the coming of the Lord Jesus. There's going to be some that say, oh, we missed the rapture. So it's not the resurrection, it's the catching away. So those are things that we're going to have to be privy to um, and understand uh, how to deal with that. So Paul narrows down his beef and defines the vain babbling. He gets very specific and pinpointed. He's not talking about a minor nuance of doctrine here. I just had a conversation with someone today. and Okay, yeah, someone teaches this, and I mean... It's uh, these are nuances. I give them their space. It's not. I'm not worried about it. Um, you know. Um, but we're, these are. Ta- he's talking about fundamental here. This is the. This is the resurrection. This is a fundamental piece of the gospel. Uh, no, we're we're not putting up with that. Um, you know how many you know warts were on the nose of the antichrist? I said eighteen. You said six. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. You know, uh, it doesn't matter to me. We'll find out when we get to heaven. But uh, but when it comes down to fundamental doctrine, man, uh, no, it, you you got to reject that. You got to shun that because that kind of talking will overthrow the faith of some. And that's the kind of guys Hymenius and Philetus were. They were teaching that the resurrection is past and the church missed it. So this is the same doctrine that Jehovah Witnesses teach to this very. day. 
day. So this isn't like we got to go very far. I mean, we could just we could all go out in the parking lot and jog if we felt like jogging. We'd be there in five minutes or less, and uh, we, over here at Kingdom Hall, and that's what they're teaching. Um, you know, uh, the same doctrine that Jehovah Witnesses teach to this day. Several times over the last 100 years, they have predicted the coming of Christ and His kingdom, all the while denying the promise of the resurrection of the church, apart from the 144,000, of whom they really are not part of, who are actually Jewish male virgins in the tribulation, because they do not know how to rightly divide the word of truth. They have not been good students. And so they only believe what the Watchtower Society tells them, and they don't believe they're brainwashed, and they are. And it's a sad situation. Um, they, they simply are spewing the vain babbling of the people up in uh, New Jersey or New York or wherever. And uh, it just overthrows the faith of some. Frankly, there's a lot of there's several Christians in the Jehovah Witnesses uh, cult uh, that were young baby Christians and got in this Bible study group. And the whole idea of Satan is to overthrow their faith. Right, and that's that's a terrible situation. So again, and shame on us if they're coming from our church because we should make sure they have a sounder doctrine. Again, there are examples after examples, but the main thing Paul is stressing is the power of the gospel. It's found in Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, right? So he lives. That's what the Bible says. He lives. We sing a song about it. We serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. I know he's living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he is always near. As a matter of fact, he's in us of a truth. So understanding of a faithful teacher uh, is what we've covered. uh, And the diligence of a faithful student. Right? Number one. Uh, Number one. Hang on here. Uh, Ungodliness. He shuns vain babblings because they they uh, they grow ungodliness. Probably not good grammar, but good communication. So vain babblings grow ungodliness. Any other blanks someone's wanting to fill out? Be faithful teacher. B is diligent student shuns prof. Oh, 6B. Repeats biblical uh, instruction. Repeats. That's where we started. Yep. Repeats. Repetition is the price of learning. So a biblical teacher repeats repeats biblical instructions. That's when I took you back to Romans 6 and showed you how it's similar to what Paul said there. Yeah. You went to Romans 6. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shame on you. So uh, so what we believe about the resurrection will not only impact our standing, but the standing of those that hear us. So Paul is not telling us to teach and study so we can get a good job or a good standing in life. He encourages us to teach and learn from for his uh, sake and the sake of others because the reward is every bit as precious as our own. So if we think we're inher- inheriting eternal life, and we are, then it's important that we teach and we give to others what God has given to us. That's only the right thing to do. Uh, if we have eternal life, it's a shame to hold it to our, ourselves. We have to give it to other people. And we do have the words of eternal life. That's what Peter said to Jesus, isn't it? He's like, you have the words of eternal We have nowhere else to go. And uh, you're the man. You've got the words of eternal life. So, all right. Well, let's uh, uh, let's get our prayer pieces out. Thank you for... Uh, knowing I have clean water, so uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten.
Well, this will be short work. One, two. Just as a short aside, in uh, verse 16, <coughs> study to show thyself approved unto God in workman. And you could look at that also as yeah. a journeyman. Yeah. Got to be mature. Not just one of the workers in the field, but somebody who knows this stuff. Yeah. Has a... Has, by reason of use, has, has their exor- senses exercised to discern good and evil. They are professional in their process. Yeah, the, uh, that is good. A workman that needs not to be ashamed. There we go. All right. <clears throat> if you see any of these that need to be updated, uh, just let the office know. You can email contact or you can email B. Blowers at HBFCast or me. We'll get them updated. <clears throat> she does prepare this, doesn't she? Yeah. 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 No, I didn't know she was in research at all. When did this happen? Oh, I did not. Okay, I didn't hear it, but I was, I hadn't had a chance. She had her gallbladder taken out a couple months ago, three months ago, and it seemed like that.